Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Grayson Brulte. Welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today, a show about emerging technology and trends in mobility with leaders, innovators, and strategists who make it all happen. On today's episode, we'll speak with Johannes Lehmann, Head of Business Development at DIN, the German Institute for Standardization. He'll discuss smart farming, the latest technology in sustainable farming, and the future of green agriculture. We hope you enjoy this episode. Johannes, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Grayson, and thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I'm excited to have you here because standards and standardizations plays an absolutely critical role in the future mobility. And the future mobility is not just vehicles going to and from the grocery store and to and from a concert. It's going to play a large role in farms and agriculture industries. Diving into it, what is the current state of the autonomous agriculture vehicle market? You know, you have to look at which, like, which, what exactly you look at, like which type of robot you look at. And there are different approaches, like how to how to set up an autonomous field vehicle or autonomous robot for fields. But in general, you can you can see that there is a growing market in the last in the last years. So so you know the like the global market was increasing from 2020 to 2025 by approximately like from 7 7 billion US dollars to 26 billion US dollars so there is an there's for sure an increase and in demand for for those kind of technologies but we are at the at the, at the beginning so to say so there are not so many market ready solutions um, what what growers and farmers could could buy for field activities. If you if you compare this, like for example, uh, with 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 robots, like for example for the stable milking robots, those are like years already in the market, and farmers and they 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 buy those kind of of milk robots. But that edge report, what we wrote about autonomous robots was about feed robots and they are at the beginning what you saw this year there came a, a big news out which was about the new John Deere 8R autonomous 8R series which is a really big tractor and th- there like you can you could buy uh, or or lease those kind of autonomous 8R series of John Deere uh, or like for example there are a lot of young young players in the market uh, which are highly innovative like Nayo or Burrow and they have like highly you know highly um, specialized robots so to say they 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 are not not like normal tractors Th- those robots are specialized for specific use cases like for example um, seeding or, or crop spotting uh, so there are different approaches how to set up robots for the field activities. When you're on the farm, if you want to use the term field, we'll have different autonomous robots doing something. Perhaps we'll, like John, you mentioned John Deere, they have the autonomous weed sprayer robot. Perhaps you have a planting, a seeding robot. Do we get to the point, I'm going to put a Jetsons hat here in the, in the future, where the farm activities becomes fully autonomous and the farmer could focus on, on another task? I, for sure, this will, will come. It's more the question like how long does it took until you know this this is a, a realistic uh, scenario where most of the activities on a field for example are autonomous so so what you can see today is that 
as I said, models like highly applicable for one use case, but like this is the first, the first stage, so to say, of the evolution. Like for example, what I, I, I mentioned that there's um, the burrow system out in the market, and this burrow robot, what you could, uh, for example, buy nowadays, is is just for for one use case, like like helping by by harvesting special crops. But I I talked for for the Edge report with the CEO of Buro, and and he said this is just the first stage, and and they will develop the Buro system to a multi-use case platform, so to say, and so this will be the future that you have like autonomous robots for for multiple uh, use cases. And but this is this is like maybe in the next ten years, and what you can see also like there are use cases on the field which are easier to 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 realize autonomous and and some who who are more complicated. So if you for for example do want to do a weed control, you need a really high uh, level of precision to don't um, like hurt. The, the, the plants what you want on a field. So this use case needs a high data quality, therefore, and if you don't have a high data quality, uh, you don't will realize that kind of use case. And there are other use cases, like for example, seeding. If you seed, if you plant seeds in a roar, um, this is easy done. For example, you just, you know, you need, you need maybe GPS or RTK signal which has a precision of two centimeters, and then you can you can plant your seeds in a row, for example. So so there we talk about a, a accuracy of, of a, on a centimeter level, and some use cases need accuracy on on a millimeter level. And I know this that that you don't uh, use in America that that scale you you, you used inches and so on, but <laughs> I, I I don't I'm not familiar with, with the with the scale of those things. Math is important on a farm. You want to think of it, math plays a very crucial role on a farm. That's really where the centers have to be extremely accurate there. You mentioned the SAE Edge paper. For the audience, the SAE Edge paper was called Autonomous Field Robotics that Johannes edited. Johannes, when you're working on the SAE Edge paper, you grew up on a farm. Did you uncover anything in the research doing that paper? You said, aha, this is going to have a, a big breakthrough in there that I haven't uncovered yet. There wasn't like a real aha effect. It's like because you know I work a lot of uh, like a lot with like agriculture like like companies together, but the, all the different interviews uh, for the Edge report they give more details into several things like about showstoppers for market penetration from different sectors. Um, and from different areas of the world. So maybe this was more the aha effect, like different parts of the world have nearly um, similar challenges, so to say, by, by bringing the, the robot uh, or the autonomous robotic into, into real life, um, so to say. But, but for sure, like uh, there, there will be so many benefits on a farmer level by using autonomous robots this is one of the aha effect, and maybe one other um, like nice nice thing was also to to discuss some of the topics with, with farmers who already use 
uh, autonomous robots in, in the field, like in their daily life. This was also a really interesting exchange to get more insights of farmers who already use um, autonomous feed robots. What did you learn in those exchanges from those farmers that are using autonomous robots in the field? So one of the farmers, he's using the farm to eat. Um, and farm to eat is a, is, is a, is a company who, who, who developed a, a robot who specialized by planting seeds and, and also by uh, weed protection. And, and the farmer, he, you know, he said it, it, it's, it's so... It's so crazy to see to see the, the 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 machine driving on a field without a driver. What he never saw, and and that farmer, you know, from from the age perspective, he, he was in the mid age, fifty five years, something around. Uh, he he was working on 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 his farm like from from the very first day of his life, so to say, and and to to see the passion what he had about the topic, and to see like you know. That to 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 get uh, double check about the benefits once he's using the robot that was really interesting and also the learning curve what 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 he had by using the system so he said that the first year was like not not the best working results of the robot but within the last three years the the robot was more and more accurate and more and more re reliable so so. This this gives me hope that you know those kind of systems they that they get more market penetration in, in the near future. I hope. Do you perhaps see that farmer adding more autonomous field robots and talking to his other farmer f colleagues and friends, saying this is working for me because it seems that it can have that network effect in terms of the adoption of autonomous field robots. Yeah, there is for sure um, a network effect. Like there's a community of some farmers like. This farmer, he was from Germany, and so that that community was was only a national community uh, in in Germany, in the western part of Germany, and 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 they exchange about you know what 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 works good and what works maybe not so good. Also by by set up the system on the farm level, like you have for example to 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 transfer the field boundaries in the in the robot that that robot knows where where he have to to drive and where he have to stop so to say so and 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 there were like best practices for example and and uh, cross pollination between those farmers who who use the farm droid in in Germany so those farmers are based in Germany which is located inside the EU European Union do you see certain regions of the world, perhaps a developing region is India, a more established, say, let's say South Africa, or perhaps another uh, established region, Japan, fully ad adopting autonomous vehicles over one another, perhaps Japan, because robots are historically in their society longer than other societies around the world? There are for sure key drivers uh, for, for the adoption and market penetration. And so, like uh, you can summarize, that you need a good framework, which conditions are, for example, that you that you have a, that you have on the one hand like a big average field size, like the bigger a field size is an average, the more productive a, a robot at these days is, and this is because robots have you know today for steering they they choose a tank steering system, and like you know each of the wheels. Um, has a different speed, so and, and based on this, he's turning 
from one to the other direction. But this took a long time. So the, the smaller a field size is, then more often the robot has to, have to, to do a turn. And this took a long time and then you, ha you have less productive robots, for example. And the other thing is that you need a good legal framework for autonomy level three to five. If you don't have this, you know, all the liability issues has to be clarified. Otherwise, it's hard for a company uh, to, to invest in, in those kind of markets where you don't have liability issues resolved. And countries where you have good conditions based on, on the mentioned framework are, for example, for sure, the U.S., Uh, USA has one of the best uh, laws, what I, from my understanding, for uh, autonomous vehicle yet. And other countries such as Russia, which have also a large, you know, a large, large size of, of arable land and, and also Eastern Europe countries, they are like, they, they have best framework at the moment. And the biggest market growth, and, and you mentioned this at the moment, is Asia. In Asia, there is Asia-Pacific market has the biggest annual growth rate, uh, which is um, which was like between 2018 and 2025. The, the market growth rate around 30%. So it's, it's a huge growth there. Yeah. From a legal standpoint, do you see it going country by country? Where each country will have their own framework? Or do you see an international body such as the United Nations setting the the framework similar to the ways that we have international waters as it relates to maritime trade so it would for sure be like much more effective if you have like a global regulatory because as i as i said before companies they want scale their business and if you have to look into each market about the legal regulatories it's for sure like more in effect Uh, ineffective, like if you have one global global law, so to say. But for sure, this will be much more complicated to uh, to get a, a, a global a law about about this. So I think a quick win would be already if if we had, for example, in the European Commission, one one law which fits for for all different countries, or if you would have in the U.S. like over over the the, the different states like a regulatory um, about autonomous off-road vehicles. Because what you see currently, most of the, of the autonomy law is for on-road vehicles. But of course, the circumstances are completely different uh, if you compare on-road and off-road, right? There's a, there's a big difference. Uh, there's a difference in the way the vehicles are manufactured, the ways that they're operated. Frameworks will eventually roll out internationally. Everybody can agree on that. So I don't really see that as, as a barrier. I see that as, as, as a barrier that we're going to overcome. Are there barriers today that are slowing down the adoption of autonomous field robots? Is it perhaps certain farmers are afraid that from a jobs perspective or they're under, not understanding of how it's going to work or it's too cost prohibitive? What are those barriers today that are slowing this down? In, in all the different interviews, what we, what we did for the Edge report was like, You can summarize it in, in, in three main areas. So there's the de technical development. This is one of the main challenges that, that you have, like, you know, the, the liability of sensors and, uh, and, and especially adapted sensors for safety reasons for the robots. 
And also on the software level for technical readiness, you need a high data quality if you want if you want to fulfill um, some use cases. The other thing is what we what we discussed just that this is the legal framework. Like if you don't have a, a well pre, uh, defined law for off road vehicles, uh, autonomous off road vehicles, there there will be no invest in in this market because of of all the uncertainties. And the third the third area is the acceptance. So acceptance from from the user, like the farmer who's who's using the the machinery and and you said that there could be a could be a fear but based on on the interviews and about about like all all the different experience what i what i did so far with farmers they are hungry so to say for for autonomous robots uh, of course there are like some which have more affinity and some who has less but in general it's it's in a, you, you you see that this is like positive from a farmer's perspective, the use and, uh, the usage of autonomous robots, and and from the manufacturer's side, there has to be also the acceptance, right, to invest in into those kind of business units. So th those are the three different uh, barriers: um, technical development, legal framework, and the acceptance of the users and of the producers. It will be very positive. For farmers, there's farmers all over the world, different geographies, different different altitudes. Are there certain environments where the Thomas Field robots will not be able to operate? Perhaps it's too far below sea, too high above sea, too too dense of an environment. Are there any environments, or even in a sandy, windy environment, are there any environments that where the technology is not? I want to use the word hardened enough. The sensors aren't prepared for rocks or hailstorms or windstorms where the technology has to improve before they can eventually move into those environments? There are a bunch of different sensor types and like they have all of them have their pros and cons. So the LiDAR, for example, LiDAR is really precise, but it's, it's really expensive on the other hand. And so 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 you, you have to, to look at the use cases. What what use cases you want to fulfill with the machine. And based on this, you have to decide which, which sensor is the right one. And like from the, from the like you ask like if there are some, some areas which are maybe where, where you can't use autonomous robots, I think nearly in every area of the world you could, you could use autonomous robots. Like it's, it's also not a, not, not, not many question about about the coverage of the signal to the cloud. You, you, you don't have to, to have always a good signal. Like you can bridging, for example, a signal loss for for some for a time frame, um, just to to store the data, for example, in, into the into the bus of the of the of the robot. You don't have to have necessary always a good signal, for example, or you have. You don't have to have uh, close to to a city or something, but it's as I said, always depending on the use case. So, for example, if you use some AI algorithms behind, you need to have a signal. But if you just do, for example, planting, and 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 you decide you want plant, you know, a, a, a raw culture, you just need the field boundaries, you need the seeds. And you, you, you need uh, to uh, to create a task record, and and then this can happen like everywhere on the world for sure. 
why is connectivity not a factor? Why, why and how can these autonomous field robots operate somewhere if you want to use no service, spotty service? How can they operate there? You have to look at the use case. If you, if you want like simple use cases, seeding, for example, then it's, it's, it's enough if you have the, the GPS signal. And for example, if you, if you use RTK signal, like from the common providers, you can bridge signal loss. So, so there, there it's not necessarily to have to have like a super good signal like like five G, you know. But as I, what I mean is, if you if you, for example, uh, want detect like some some weeds, for example, you you have to have a signal to the database that the robot can can decide if this if the, if this plant what he have in front of him is a weed. Or, or is a like a crop what you want to have on a field. So, so it's not necessarily to like necessarily to have good signal. Well, like let's let's go back to the basics here. You grew up on a farm, a farmer, and let's just say there's Mr. and Mrs. Farmer. I said, okay, we want to deploy autonomous field robots in our farm. We're ready to take the technological leap. We're ready to improve the efficiency of our farm. What does that individual farmer have to do to to prepare for autonomous field robots? So first of all, he have to uh, he have to buy the, the robot. He have to find the <laughs> he have to find the right system for his purpose. Uh, like there are difference, and then uh, you know it's 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 really challenging to integrate autonomous field uh, robot systems in into the today production processes on a on a farm. But like, for example, it's 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 similar to like by integrating um, an an attractor, for example, you you have to uh, to look at uh, at the systems what you what you use on a farm. For example, if you use a farm management system already, you have to look if the if the data what the um, autonomous robot is producing is is also um, usable for the farm management system, for example. Or if you create in a farm management system field boundaries, is, is it possible to uh, to transfer those field boundaries and and field details to the machine uh, like over the air? You know, if this is if this is possible, then of course it's it's much more effective and it, it doesn't cost so much time to set up the whole system. If it's not usable with the with the farm management system. You can like still use, of course, the, the robot, and, and you can set up field boundaries by by driving with the with the robot like uh, over the field boundary, and then you create out of the of the of the uh, way line you can create a field boundaries. But the the point is, systems has to be interoperable. If they are not interoperable, it's always challenging to to use like digital solutions and farm systems. You know. So the individual farmers, let's see, they're on their tractor, they're mapping the farm. From a technical perspective, do they have to put in any equipment or what? Or do they have to get a better Wi-Fi signal? Is there anything from a technical perspective that farmer would have to do? So from the technical point of view, it's 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 like you can, for example, you can you can uh, set up a, a own RTK uh, base station on your field. If you don't have a, a good signal for RTK, for example, this this would be possible, but it's not like 
also here it's 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 you have to look which robot you, you use like um if you look at the autonomous 8r series of john deere for example you don't have to set up anything like you, you just can use that that machine like like a normal like a normal tractor or like there is for example from echo there's Xava. you don't have to to set up necessarily anything for for this Xava. you just you ju just have to to create as i said field boundaries that the that the robot knows where in, in which area he should work uh, and that's it you know it's always the question how much you want integrate a robot or if you maybe it, it's already satisfied you you know if if you if you bring the robot uh, with a, with a trawler uh, and and your pickup to the field and 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 then leave the robot there alone and he's planting the seeds and 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 you do in the meantime maybe maybe the the diary cows for example you know this is already then uh, saving you time and and you don't you don't have to integrate necessarily the robot from the field into the farm management system and and therefore you don't have to set up any like technical aspects like in addition it's practical it's what will enable farmers to quickly adopt autonomous field robots because it's integrated there there's there's not a big lift when they the farmer integrates the autonomous field robots and they start operating them and they start using them during harvest do so they see an increase in crop yield it's it's less about to increase your yield it's 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 more it's more about to to farm in the in the optimum so to say like for example you know if you if you choose or if you if you add all the different external factors into the robot system like satellite imageries and like the heterogeneous uh, soil qualities by planting seeds you know for example where you need to have a high higher seed density on a, on a more productive soil in comparison to a, to a lower lower productive soil and and then you can you can you can uh, like harvest an, at an optimum or if you do for example spraying to nowadays maybe you don't have to to do it in in the future when when you when you use um, an autonomous robot because he he is uh, doing the the reproduction mechanical so there is no use of of chemicals anymore and and you have cost like some cost benefits so to say so it's it's less the the increasing production it's more it's more like the, the cost benefits and like social benefits what you have by using robots like you know if you if you use uh, or if you look at 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 a, at a machine of course a robot nowadays is really expensive because it's really a, a, a less number of robots uh, in them out in the market and also like a less number by by the production so the costs of of for example lidar sensors or other sensor types are really high but of course you know if if, if big companies decide to uh, to bring the technical readiness of their autonomous feed robots to uh, to the to, uh, to a readiness level that they that is okay to ship then the the volume goes up and a scale effect comes with this. And then you have, I think, in comparison, 
less costs because you don't need uh, laborers, for example, anymore, or not so many. And uh, you have more you have more time maybe uh, to do like like the animals for example so so you are more productive in the same time in comparison uh, with, with with the system of nowadays so this is the this is the like from from the monetary perspective a bigger benefit the costs uh, decre decreasing costs your farm will become efficient perhaps that farmer could acquire more land and, and expand his farm to generate more revenue with higher margins what are the what impact from a climate and sustainability standpoint will autonomous field robots have from the climate and sustainable uh, aspect there are a lot of ecological advantages and also sometimes disadvantages <laughs> this is you have to wait up on on you know case by case basis like for example depending on the on the system Uh, some robots are small units. They 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 work in in swarms, so there's less soil compaction. So you have a better soil quality at the end, which is especially you know good for for the water capacity, for example, which is really important nowadays. Like you know in 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 Germany, for example, this is one of the hottest years so far. And and once the water falls down, the soil needs needs the capability to capture the, this water. And if you compact the soil, like with big machineries, there the there you decrease the the soil uh, the water capacity. So this is this is a huge benefit if you if you use small units in a swarm. And on the other hand, you can you can uh, also decrease the usage of chemicals. What I said. By by weed protection, like if you if you have a really high accuracy system, and therefore you need a good data quality, which we don't have today, but like maybe in future, this then this this gives you the possibility to 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 do the the, the weed protection manually, like mechanically, and and then you don't have to use any more any any pesticides, for example. So this has a positive uh, effect on 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 the surrounding, on the on the environment, and also like a, a cost decrease effect. Autonomous ro robots is, is a it's a growing market for, for the field robots. It's a market that will be positive benefits to the farmers. It's a market that will have positive impacts on the environment, and it's a market that's growing. And in your opinion. What is the future of autonomous field robots, and do you see this market continuing to grow decade over decade? For for sure, you know the the future will be autonomous. In my point of view, it's it's necessary, as I said, to to fulfill uh, different um, sustainable um, aspects. For example, and the technology is there. It's more about the willingness also to. Uh, To, to bring those kind of, of, of machineries in, in the market. So it could be also, for example, that most of the machines are electric in future, but this also depends on, on the system, like how you develop uh, an autonomous machine, like the batteries, what we see here, uh, nowadays, they are not they 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 don't have enough um capacity like the the energy density is not high enough for high 
electric, like a high, where, where you need a, a, a lot of power by reading, for example. If you have a big machine, you need a lot of power. Nowadays, only the small machines in the market are, have electric power. The other have a phosphor power. So, but but I'm 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 pretty sure that in future with better uh, batteries, we will have also only electric autonomous robots in the market. But but we are talking here like over the next ten years. You know, this this needs of course time. It's going to happen, as you said. the The future of farming is autonomous. Electrification will be integrated as the grids are upgraded, micro grids are built. If there's ways to power it with renewable energy, because farmers have land, but we also have to keep in mind farmers need it for for the yield to pay the bills. But electrification is coming to farming. And Johannes, as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them? I just want to thank you for sharing all of your insights into farming today. I also want to thank you for for the possibility to 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 have the chat here with you and the discussion. But but I want really highlight that you know the the need uh, for robot for, for autonomous robots have a like a, a, a purpose, and at this purpose is the the circumstances what what we have uh, in the world currently like climate change. Of course, you know, uh, we, for example, the UN warns that, that, that the, to adapt the climate change, what, what we do nowadays is not enough. And another thing is the, the really, you know, tense uh, geopolitical situation shows how important the resilient global chains, food chains are. And robots can bring first more uh, sustainability in all three dimensions, like the sustainable, uh, like the environment, economic, and social dimension, and it also brings a more a stronger food supply chains because you you don't need any more uh, so many so many um, workers, for example, from other countries. You know, in in uh, for example, in Germany, you grow asparagus, and most of the workers come from somewhere else of the world. Or some like in, in, in UK, you see also that you have a lot of workers coming in a low like in a low sector in a low income sector, and and especially those you don't need anymore because you can use robots for those kind of of, of work. So so robots bring robust food production and more sustainable food production, and this is like the biggest benefit of robots. Autonomy increases efficiency on farms autonomy is good for the environment autonomy is good for farmers because today is tomorrow tomorrow is today and the future is autonomous field robots johannes thank you so much for coming on sae tomorrow today thank you and have a good day thank you for listening to sae tomorrow today if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more please kindly rate review and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next be sure to join us next week as we hear from Bibrajit Halder, founder and CEO of Safe AI. On this episode, he'll discuss the company's approach to meeting the global demand for autonomous, zero-mission, heavy-duty mining trucks. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.